Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. You're listening to an irreverent podcast. For more unholy content from our friends, head to irreverent.fm. Hey friends, welcome to the Speaking in Church podcast. I am one half or one third or whatever of today's episode. I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying. I'm Josie. And I'm Spencer. Uh, Full disclosure, I did partake in marijuanas a few hours ago, so there might be some lingering effects. Um, Yeah. Judge me all you want. Today we are joined by... (laughs) I forgot. I forgot that I had to introduce you, but today we are joined by the super cool, my friend since the summer's Wild Goose Festival, Aaron Green, who is here repping Reap. Aaron, how are Hello. you? I am I am so good. Not as good as you though, Josie. I really don't feel high, so I don't know what's wrong with me. I think I'm just sleepy. <laughs> Did I, I, I think this is actually kind of uh, funny. There was one time I recorded a podcast and I accidentally took Ambien before oh. I recorded it. So that was, that was awesome. Podcast will not be named, but it made it on the podcast. And I was like, Oh my God. This All right then. I really don't feel bad right now. Actually. Ambien is hardcore Aaron. <laughs> I know. I know it is. Right. But we made it. We made it through. Oh my gosh. Well, Aaron, why don't you, before I, we want to hear about your life story, your testimony. Um, but we also would like you to, I'm just a teacher right now with an assignment. I would like you to infuse the reap narrative with your own narrative. Oh, wow. Okay. So yes. tell us about the organization and then tell us about you, which is pretty much what I mean. That sounds, no, that sounds good. Thank you. So REAP stands for Religious Exemption Accountability Project. And that just has to do with Title IX religious exemptions that religious colleges and universities ask the government for in order to be able to discriminate against the LGBTQ communities on our campuses. At REAP, we protect those queer and trans students, um, especially at schools that have Title IX religious exemptions. So that's the heart and soul of what we do. And we use several methods to, to protect students from litigation to helping them file Title IX complaints, helping them organize and, you know, create petitions and rally, protest, I mean, whatever they need, we are there to help them um, organize and create community and do whatever they need to do to protect themselves in that space. I um, went to a private Christian university and I'm a queer person. I was out when I went and I was asked to take over a queer underground group at Biola University when I was attending. 
And at first I was looking for this community. I had thought them out and was like, oh my God, please don't ask me to lead this group. Like I have no idea what I'm, I, I was like a baby when it came to any kind of community organizing or anything like that. But I felt very compelled and passionate about, um, especially that like super conservative religious space and the queer folks in it. So I decided to lead this group and yeah, that's what kind of kickstarted my activism career at Christian colleges. And I transferred to Azusa Pacific where I graduated <laughs> yeah, with a bachelor's degree in biblical <laughs> so a little we, bit uh, a little bit less conservative than Biola. <laughs> yeah. Not by much, but just a tad, yes. Um, we could dance, Aaron, okay? We yeah, were they, allowed to dance. We were allowed to dance. If you didn't question me for being a ministry major, Biola did, okay? <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. So old schools like are super problematic when it comes to the oh. LGBTQ community, but oh, Biola, Biola was definitely far worse, like in in my experience and also based on the experiences of the queer folks there. That's how I got started doing what I do. So I have like a Bible scholarship degree background. I have an MDiv now, um, and I'm a queer activist and yeah. So that's what's cracking with what I do. You well, have uh, you. you have what I call like the big guns of when people are like, <laughs> queer people don't take the Bible seriously. And I'm like, really? Because um, lots of the queer people I know um, take it so seriously <laughs> that they go the extra mile that you were not willing to go. <laughs> yep. mm-hmm. Yeah, I, you're right. I think, um, I think a lot of the, the push behind me doing what I did like in school as far as what my majors were and like getting my master's degree was definitely a, um, a big fuck you to (laughs) how I was raised in the church. So I definitely wanted to dominate when it came to having discussions about the Bible and about gay people and about queer folk and whatever. I just wanted to, Sorry. <laughs> that wasn't a burp, I swear. Please tell me that that's going to make it in this thing. It is. Sorry, friends. Uh, that I have fibromyalgia, which comes with gastrointestinal issues like weird chest burps. <laughs> Anyways, I don't even remember what we were talking about. I don't either. Oh, I, I think I was talking about how Biola was just like the literal worst place for mm. queer folk I yes. mean, in comparison to Azusa Pacific, which is still trash as well for queer folk. But yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of how I started the activism piece. And then it just, yeah, Reap was doing what they were doing in March of this, of 2021. And I was, I basically, said hey do you need help and they were like yes absolutely yes and that's how we got together um and i do their student and alumni organizing and a few other things as well 
Well, it's a good thing that you're on an alumni podcast. Um, <laughs> alumni radical podcast for one of these universities. Yeah. Um, honestly, I, um, again, I don't know if it's just one of those of like, not to be super cheesy and cliche, but um, the time that I studied APU, like from my first semester, like LGBTQ issues were like always on the forefront because either in, I think it was my first semester, maybe my second semester is when um, the professor in the theology department came out as trans Mm, and that like set the stage for my four and a half years at APU, especially being in the ministry department and being um, on the DL about my own like sexuality and, but also being a very public ally. (laughs) And so, uh, Yeah. yeah, just a wild, time they did a lot of things that really hurt them as Mm -hmm. far as like queer uh rights were concerned and i and i think had they just made oh my gosh they yeah they hurt themselves in multiple instances that was definitely one of them um and then when i was there i was working at like having meetings with administration and working with them to get them to drop a policy, which banned romanticized same sex relationships, air quotes, which is ridiculous. Um, they decided to drop it and it, but they did it on the down low. They didn't tell anybody. And then we were like celebrating it and then they put it back again. (laughs) And so we, we fought like hell and used the student government and stuff like that to get it removed. And finally they ended up removing it, but it was just, it was such a silly thing for them to have to go through. And they had such bad publicity because of it, but Hey, well-deserved bad publicity. So. Yeah. And I, I remember, um, going to like, a an SGA like town hall that had like the provost and people there like talking about this kind of stuff. Yeah. And, um, and again, I think it was the whole, like, obviously like from my personal belief of like, Hey, like, obviously I don't think that's a sin, but like really the big thing that students were talking about of like, we're not asking APU to change their beliefs. We're asking them to not criminalize students like Mm -hmm. for nothing. And again, it was that kind of like, uh, just like wanting to be safe, like, oh, like I, and again, it's, it's, it was also that because APU had so many rules about like, it wasn't just about on campus, you know, like if somebody caught you somewhere, like they could tell on you kind of thing. And so really it was like a safety issue of like, Hey, if a student's off campus, like across the street on a date and they're holding hands or you see them kissing, like it should not be anybody's business to go back on campus and report them kind of thing. It's so true. And it's just, it's just such a silly policy. Like, especially when you're held to obviously or queer folks are held to a much different standard than their mm-hmm. straight peers are. Um, and there's no way to monitor or regulate like our straight students having sex before marriage. Of course they are all Mm -hmm. over that campus, (laughs) Sure, but like no one's doing anything about it, but they're guilty. (laughs) (laughs) The straights. So yeah, I mean, it was, it was pretty wild. Um, and yeah, I'm still doing it. The stories are pretty bonkers. Um, when I meet with, I mean, I meet with students 
from across the country um, at different schools every single week. And the stories are just horrendous. So none, none of this has slowed down by any stretch of the imagination, obviously. And yeah, so it's, it's, there's a lot of work to be done and reap is doing really awesome, amazing work in this department. Yeah. I mean, this is a part that confuses me. Lots of these institutions get state or federal funding of some sort, right? Yes, that is, yes, they do. So they are, not only are they legally allowed to discriminate, the government gives them the right through the exemption. They're getting money to do it. Yeah, that's the part that pisses me off. Because people talk about their tax dollars all day long, but as soon as it's like, your tax dollars are then, or my, I don't know, you know, my tax dollars are going towards something that I don't want because the church decides so i don't know it really makes me upset and it makes me it feels like the government should be able to pull funding based on discrimination regardless if you're a religious institution at that point because isn't the point to be separate and if you think about it too like the government doesn't want to do that because they make money off of student loans they're yeah so yeah so it's like this i mean it really all boils down to money you know the government um, is making a lot of money off of me because i went to a christian school amen. me too yes i will probably be paying off my student loan bills for the rest of my life yeah i mean hey government i think you would win that financial battle i think that you i think that you would come out on top against these little universities by the way <laughs> it's- so true. So that's why, like, everybody asks, um, or one of the questions that Zeep gets asked a lot is, like, why don't you just sue the colleges? Mm-hmm. We're suing the Department of Education, mm-hmm. which is where the problem starts, um, mm-hmm. is because they are the ones who have the power to give federal funding and also the power to make these schools exempt from being, you know, from following title nine regulations. Yeah. So yeah. Wild mm-hmm. stuff. We live in a wild world. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. you know, I think the biggest thing that comes up is a lot of people are like, well, why do they go to these schools? Um, there's lots of reasons mm-hmm. why people go to colleges. I had lots of friends at APU that were not Christian and they mm-hmm. went there for a variety of reasons. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, I just think that's kind of a dumb question, especially again, when unfortunately, um, people that grow up in extremely like conservative and sheltered like spaces, they don't even have like the freedom or even sometimes like the vocabulary to like explore their own like Mm -hmm. sexuality and gender identity. And so it's unfortunate because so many of these kids like go to school at 18 and finally kind of like interact with other people. And even in these very conservative spaces, thank God, like he puts so many different people there that they're finding out like their true, like how they truly are. And that's a great thing. And what are they going to do? Like just leave a school where they found freedom Mm -hmm. and community? Like, no, like that's not helpful either. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. You pretty much nailed it on the head. So the number one question I get asked is why are queer and trans people in these spaces in the first place? I mean, Spencer, you said it like 
one, you know, the top reason is because of the way that someone grows up. They're immersed from birth into this situation and the fundamentalistic Christian teaching. And when you're that age, like between 18 and 24 or whatever, you don't have monetary control over financial independence. There's no way unless you're loaded. Um, Mm -hmm. but the, the families, a lot of times assert monetary monetary, you know, Mm -hmm. control over their children. And will even say like, this is the school I'm going to pay for. And that's where you're going to go. Um, and they have control over, over meals and housing and all kinds of things. Um, the, the second part, like you said, people don't come out until they're in college. They don't realize that they're queer until they're in college, until they're navigating through that social space. Um, so yeah, just financially uprooting yourself and transferring is not an option that's available or accessible at all to anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, it also sets you back in, in graduation time. Mm-hmm. So you're at the end of the day, you're paying more money for a longer, you know, time in college or whatever. So, yeah, mm-hmm. but that's, the, that's definitely the biggest like top question I get asked all the time. Um, when I have discussions about people who are interested in supporting leap or who are like just questioning, like, well, why are, why is this happening? You know, those are the main reasons why these situations occur. So much like, yeah, it's a very, I mean, it's one of those topics that for me makes me want to rip up the pavement. (laughs) I think again, especially because, um, why are you laughing at that? Well, I just, you're right. Like, it makes me want to rip up the pavement, too. I, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm not like, yes, I just (laughs) love the way you explain things. Thanks. (laughs) Yes. It's so frustrating that it's like, God, you know, don't, why is it so hard for people and the government to get on board with giving everybody a safe learning environment while they're at an academic institution. Mm-hmm. And that's what you're going to call it because it's not a church, but they're treating these institutions like they're churches and they're not. And should they even be treating churches like that in the first place too? You are so right. <laughs> I'm very radical. I, and, and here's like another, you know, just we're going to add on some other layers to this of, Ooh. of, um, two things. One, just from my own experience of these schools send mixed signals because mm-hmm. there was an incident during my sophomore year at APU where there was, um, leg- like there was an act of hate that was committed on a student for being openly gay. And, um, you know, the school publicly, like president of the university was like, we don't tolerate this. Like they have, like they're welcome in this space. Like no matter what you think, like they're welcome here and they deserve to be safe. Yeah. Policy doesn't reflect that. And so Mm -hmm. that was always really hard where I'm like, okay, like, again, like the president of this university, a man that I personally very much respected and, you know, other professors and people that I've met that I respected were like, yeah, like we uphold that, like they belong here. But then when you get into like the nitty gritty of like, but the policy isn't written that way. Mm -hmm. So there's that mixed signal there. 
And then just kind of going back to the, well, why did they go to school here? Because there's queer folks that want to learn biblical studies and biblical history and theology. They have to go to a Christian school for that. Like, where do, like they can't just go to, yeah, you could go to the University of Arizona and get a religion degree, but it's not going to be the same as if you went to an actual like school of theology. And yeah. so that's just another layer of like, there are certain things that they want to learn, but they have to go to these institutions. Mm-hmm. And you, again, you're like, well, they should take things seriously. They're trying to, but you're not making it safe for them. Mm-hmm. I feel so validated right now <laughs> because like, <laughs> I mean, like no one understands. I feel like no, it's so hard for people to understand like that difference between biblical studies or theological studies and religious mm-hmm. studies. Oh they're, yeah. Yes. They're yes. so different and you're so damn right. Like that's what I want. I wanted a biblical studies degree. And I knew that the only space that I could get that in was a conservative Christian private institution, mm-hmm. you know? So you're right. And they like, yeah, just because you're queer doesn't mean you shouldn't have access to an education like that. Mm-hmm. So yeah. What a heavy topic, friends. It's super heavy. We don't have to keep it heavy. We can. <laughs> I mean, it's hope. I have some hope in the heaviness because if it's not heavy, it's easy to ignore. Mm-hmm. And if it's heavy, you want to do something about it. So, yeah. And I think, even again, I mean, we keep talking about the school we went to, but I honestly like. I feel grateful that I went to that school because like you said, Aaron, like there are far worse schools. Mm. Like I could have had a far worse experience, um, as a woman. And then also again, as a member of like the queer community, like I could have had a terrible experience and overall I had a pretty good experience. Again, I, I recognize that I was straight passing most of the time. So that had some privilege in that, but even just like since graduating, like I feel like so many people have come out of that school both actually coming out but then also like um just lots of allies because of um underground kind of like organizations and activism and just conversations with people like us of like hey this was my experience there and I think that needs to change you know what I mean yeah I also had a good experience but I was always in the most liberal of places where yeah everybody was affirming and everybody didn't care and i mean i was an art ranger so you know like you know art teachers over here being homophobic so so I, and i mean that was cool too that there was plenty of professors that are just even when threatened with whatever they were being threatened with recently at apu at least um it was cool that they were just like nah dude like they're fucking stupid like <laughs> you're good yeah and it was surprising like in the school of theology or the department of theology like all of my professors were affirming to Mm -hmm. my knowledge i mean and and i Mm -hmm. was again i was out so they knew about me and they knew about what i was doing and i have conversations with them all the time about how they agreed and Mm -hmm. you know how they wanted the space to look differently and be different for Mm -hmm. for everybody involved but yeah, you're right. Azusa Pacific is, I mean, among the multitude of like over, like there are over 200 private ins- like religious institutions. Um, and APU is 
probably one of the safer spaces, um, even though I, I mean, it's hard to use the word safe. Yeah. Right. Because um, I don't believe it's a safe space, but in comparison to some of the other stories that I've heard, like, uh, yeah, which are pretty bananas. So anyway, I mean, going back to the work that Reed does, like, this is why we do what we do. We're one of the only organizations that protects people in these kinds of situations, queer and trans folks. Um, so that's why it's a really good organization to get on board with and to know about and to support. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I'm really happy about the work that we're doing, even though it's like, it's like this mixture of sadness and happiness. Like I love do doing what I do, but the sad part is, is that when I'm busy, that means that people are getting hurt and people are being harmed. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, yeah, I'm damn very appreciative of the work. And I think that uh, I'm not certain that you guys accept money, but I'm pretty certain. And everybody should go uh, donate, let's say 20 bucks, 10 bucks. If you so desire to go reap immediately, link yeah, in the. It. It's the season of giving, y'all. Yes, I mean, I don't know if this is gonna come out before or after Christmas, but either way, give anyways. Okay, we're recording before Christmas. Damn it. <laughs> yes, uh, reap accepts donations for sure. Oh hell yeah! And and you know your comment about the, uh, you know, like the mix of like there's hope and like sadness in it, like. Honestly, I think like that's like that's a sign that it is like holy work because mm. there's so much hope to be found in it in the midst of like of utter despair for people. And honestly, like again, like not to get all preachy, but like isn't that like literally what the gospel is about? Like mm -hmm. it's to bring hope to that situation. And again, it makes my it like it should break people's hearts that like this kind of thing has to exist in quote-unquote christian spaces like mm -hmm. it honestly is just like it oh, like makes Spencer. me it just makes me so emotional because i think about like i think about um like people in my family like of you know if they wanted to go to a christian school like i've had conversations with somebody i love so dearly that like is afraid to go to a christian school because of that and it like just freaking sucks so mm. um yeah like I mean, we've said it before, but like, we need to do better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you're, you're like, yes, like tap the donate button for sure. Because especially during the holidays, mm -hmm. right? Like these students have to go back home to non-affirming spaces. So mm -hmm. their whole environment is surrounded by non-affirming theology and views. And it's just, yeah, like to give them a moment or an opportunity to have their voices heard in a court or, mm. you know, to file a title nine complaint or, you know, to, to, um, assert their civil rights, um, is, is something that the entire public can get in on, you know, helping out with. So yeah, there is, there is hope. Um, it's just so frustrating to see, um, these schools double down, I guess, in 2021, you know, it's just kind of a weird thing to see, I guess, but yeah. I know, especially once you're on, even if, I don't know, once you're on this side and you're just like, I, I don't understand even why you care so much. Like, exactly. take a chill pill, like yeah. straight kids are more nasty. I don't know. <laughs> uh they are 
I mean, especially in Christian spaces, they think that doing anal is not having sex. So, I mean, straight straight people are gross, okay? I'm just gonna... Anyways. Don't even get me started on what the Mormons do. <laughs> oh my god, I love this so much. <laughs> I'm crying from laughing. Uh, sorry. Erin, <laughs> I, I have a question that uh, is something that I, like, wrestled with a lot. So I know you had mentioned, you know, like... Having professors that were affirming um, in my, uh, you know, just down the hall from you in the ministry department, I think I only had one that I knew for sure wasn't. The rest either were or were kind of like in that, like, figuring it out kind of thing, you know? And um, I always kind of wrestled with that of like, you know, like, you know, I had one professor that was like, you know, they were affirming, but like, what weren't super open about it because in their mentality of like, if they were open about it, they would risk kind of their job, but also the thought of like, Hey, like I get to have conversations with students like you and like have these kind of spaces and create a safe space. And I like appreciated that, but also was like, yeah, but like take the risk, like stand for it because you have lots of students that take the risk and stand for it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think that's, at this point, what it's going to have to take, right, is that for those of us who have some risk, we need to just take the leap. Like, if all of the prof- all of the affirming professors at these universities, well, at APU, I know there's plenty, but if they all stood up and did some sort of something, like, shit would change really fast. Well, you, you're, yeah, you're so, like, again, hitting the nail on the head, like, it people need to use their positions of privilege, especially white, so straight, you know, uh, professors. Mm-hmm. I had, I had several conversations with professors in the school of theology department who were my professors saying, Aaron, I would sign this, or I would do this or show up to this, but I have a mortgage payment, you know? And it's like, well, I, and I'm not losing anything. Mm-hmm. Like you mm-hmm. don't think the students lose something. Mm-hmm. Like you don't think that, that there's something on the line here. Someone's life is on the line. And mm-hmm. yeah, in order for something to change, hell yeah, you got to risk, you got to risk it. Mm-hmm. You know, someone has to, I, I am seeing an influx now, like of students, um, especially at a school called Fresno Pacific university, which is um, mm-hmm. not too far away from Azusa Pacific and their faculty has been so supportive of this queer group trying to establish itself as an actual legitimate pride club. Mm-hmm. And they were denied by the board of trustees, but they do have faculty who have been open and honest and transparent about their support for this group. Um, and so I think, we're seeing, you know, the more that that happens, obviously, the more that that models to other faculty, like, hey, I can do this. And mm-hmm. I can stand up for this student or I can, um, I can, uh, you know, be supportive and be in solidarity with them. And so I, I'm, I feel like we're starting to see it shift a little bit where faculty, more admin and faculty are being supportive of these types of actions and policy removals and things like that. Um, so that is like the, the trend seems to be going that way, which is a very good thing because I think they're realizing everybody's realizing 
just how desperate and horrible these situations are. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And like, why would you want to teach in a space like that? Yeah. That's the bigger, you know, if that's what it boils down to Mm -hmm. and you're going to, you're going to just like do nothing. Yeah. Um, that's, that does say a lot. (laughs) Yeah. So I, yeah, to answer your question, like I, I think faculty should say something. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I was just thinking that I'm, what I'm hoping, the good that comes out of this stupid pandemic, what I'm hoping is that all these religious exemptions that are floating around for vaccines or whatever kind of open up the wider worlds or the wider country's eyes to why religious religious exemptions to things can oftentimes be bullshit and that you should definitely scrutinize those more closely. Because then stuff like this would hopefully stop being an issue. Yeah. The I mean essentially the government is saying by handing out a religious exemption for anything. The government is saying that um your religious freedom is more important than someone else being harmed mm-hmm. by that. Mm-hmm. That's more important than the damage and the wreckage that is caused by whatever religious freedom someone is trying to uphold yeah because i mean there's all these like what are they i mean jehovah's witnesses or christian scientists who refuse to save the lives of their children because they have a religious exemption and i think um maybe they shouldn't maybe you should not be exempt from saving your child's life yeah that's definitely an ethical you know argument for sure like it's, it's, I agree with you a hundred percent. Um, that isn't something I've really talked about (laughs) or have an expertise on, but I do in an ethical world. I agree with you on that. I mean, I think it's just all tied up with the stupid religious exemptions. Like they lead to such catastrophic results because a religion gets to dictate everybody's morality and ethics. Yeah. And it's so funny because it's like, who who pushes back on the slippery slope argument more than an evangelical Christian? Mm, preach. But there you go. You know, the slippery slope. Well, well what, if I lose my religious freedom, then this is going to happen. Then X, Y, Z is going to happen. You know, then, then they're okay using the slippery slope argument for themselves. Mm. You know, it doesn't work like that. Like, that's bullshit. So. Yeah. And I, I think there's, again, there's there's difference between like religious exemptions that don't like like you said don't cause harm like if you're like I I just think of like my Muslim friends like if their children have religious exemptions so during their holy days like they can step out of class to do their prayers like at the appropriate times like that's not causing harm to anybody like that is a valid like religious exemption kind of thing that I can get behind versus again of like oh no like we are we aren't going to protect like queer students like from like hate crimes like mm-hmm. we're not going to protect them or we're going to like criminalize them on our campus because they want to hold hands with their partner like that like that causes serious harm like that's not 
like how do people not understand the difference between these two yeah i mean look at how terrible people turned out from the 1950s where everybody was sexually repressed we're all dealing with those repercussions (laughs) the boomers (laughs) (laughs) it's always about sex everybody it always is (laughs) it's so true but Aaron, how can besides giving you lots of money, how can people get involved in the fight against these religious exemptions? Yeah, so I mean, they can definitely reach out to Reap and we can help them, you know, like if they're if they live near a university that's a private Christian religious institution or something like that. We like and they have a space, I don't know, a church space or a business space for that, those students to meet. Um, there's so many ways to get involved. Um, it doesn't have to just be through monetary means. Like there's just like recirculating our social media, mm-hmm. recirculating our stories, uh, retelling our stories and, and letting people know help public education is king right now, especially when it comes to helping the public understand why these students are in these spaces. Like Spencer brought that up. I like just helping us spread that message and, and understanding of like why queer and trans students end up at religious colleges. And I think when people really truly understand that part, this will, this will really start to change, especially in the public eye and people won't be as skeptical or be like, ah, why, you know, why are you gay and at a Christian school mm-hmm. or whatever? But th- those are like just some of the ways that people can get involved. It definitely doesn't have to be, you know, all about donations. Mm, but we like donations. Oh, we want the <laughs> I mean, give us all the money, please. Yes. We need it. I mean, because we are, you know, doing a lot of things on behalf of these students and it's not cheap and it's, you know, mm-hmm. we're trying to protect them. Yeah. So. Legal counsel is not cheap, everybody. Exactly. So sending those monies, it tax is season up. is coming up. It's all right offable. <laughs> I, yeah. yes. So come on, everybody. Um, <laughs> in the spirit of Christmas that it neither is going to be, or it might not be anymore when you listen to this i don't know (laughs) it's not now (laughs) i think i might be feeling the marijuanas a little bit it's all right oh my god this is great sorry spence spencer's so embarrassed with me you guys she's returning i'm sorry (laughs) i behave myself for most of it though i would say (laughs) okay well aaron where can people find reap and get connected and give you lots of money www.thereap.org. We are also on the socials at, well, I think it's REAP in all capitals underscore LGBTQ. Cool. Yeah. On the Instagram, on Twitter. Twitter. Yeah, we're on. Spencer, that was fast. (laughs) Wow. Um, Except for TikTok. I think that might be coming soon. Oh, God. God bless you. (laughs) I'm not going to have any part of that. But um, yeah, so Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, we're there for sure. Perfect. Friends, again, retweet, share, get involved, protest, the whole nine yards get after it. Spencer, where can the people find us? 
They can find us on Instagram at speaking in church. They can find Josie at Josie takes the world and they can find me at Spence Rose. Cool. Aaron, do you want to plug your own Instagram, your own personals? Yeah. So my Twitter is at Aaron green bean and my Instagram is underscore running errands underscore. (laughs) I think, I think that's what it is. I-N-S, friends. There you go. <laughs> Running errands. <laughs> yeah, that one's a little, it's a little bit harder to find me on Instagram, but definitely hit me up on Twitter at Aaron Greenbean. Perfect. Twitter's where it's at in the deconstruction space. Anyways, shout out wow. to the homie Mason. <laughs> uh, big shout out to Mason. Um, I love Twitter and TikTok's where it's at too, so whatever. <laughs> yeah, but are we going to start making TikTok, Spencer? I make TikToks, okay, whatever. I mean, like oh the speaking in church. We yeah, I'll start making TikToks once I pop out this baby. All I'm gonna do is make TikToks. <laughs> yes. Bitching baby against evangelicalism. <laughs> there you go, million dollar idea. You believe in original sin, not this baby. <laughs> <laughs> this baby is sin free, everybody. You believe in original righteousness. <laughs> anyway. all right friends well we're clearly out of hand and clearly i'm the most out of hand so stick or get woke jesus loves you (laughs) this has been an irreverent media podcast